Welcome, Pewterport readers, listeners, and viewers to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. John Ledyard is out right now. Uh, he is suffering from amnesia where he still think he's covering the Steelers right now. Excuse me. <laughs> so he is actually breaking down some Steelers tape, and we haven't had the heart to tell him that he covers the Bucks now. So I am your host, Matt Matera, and joined with me is the one and only SR, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. We're we're pleased to report that uh, John Ledyard would not be going on injury reserve, unlike Travis Etienne and Jacksonville. That's some some damning news right there for the Jaguars. Nor is is he um, in the COVID protocols. But I guess there was some news today, Matt, at one Buck place. We've got a very important Buccaneer player that has tested positive for COVID. I believe twice. Who is that that person? You were out there at practice today. Yeah, so uh, Bruce Arians dropped the news to us after practice today, and this is a player that is near and dear to your heart, Scott. Yes. I believe he's second in the rankings behind, of course, none other than Blaine Gabbard. But uh, this was the kicker, Ryan Suckup, who yes. tested positive for COVID this morning, which is a little scary because he was at practice this week with the other Bucks players. And obviously there was the news about Mike Vrabel, how he tested positive, the Titans head coach. So... That was big news coming out of that. Apparently, he went out to dinner with some Titans players that he was friends with while the Titans right. were in town. And as we just spoke about, the the Titans team and the head coach has uh, COVID right now. So it, it went to Ryan Suckup, but Bruce Arians confirmed that he, he is the only player. <clears throat> excuse me. He's the only player on the Bucks roster that tested positive for COVID. That means he won't be playing in Saturday's preseason game against the Houston right. Texas. So this is a huge opportunity for the other kicker out of Miami. Uh, I call him Jose B because I have a little trouble pronouncing his his last what is name. The last name? I believe it's Borgalis. Did I say that right? I have no idea, but we're going to go with it. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, Jenna Lane and I were speaking today after all the press conferences and everything. He hasn't really had too much of an opportunity in the in the preseason right now, strictly because the Bucks just haven't been scoring. You know, they scored right. nine points in the opening preseason game. And the only extra point they had was that cockamamie fake field goal that they went to the two yard line and kicked it from there. Right. And then they went for a two point conversion on their other touchdown. And then right. obviously against the Titans, they only scored three points and it was a field goal kicked by Ryan Suckup. So yes. Jose B has not really had any opportunities to kick field goals. He did some kickoffs. But he's been doing great in, the, in in during training camp. Yeah, he really has. Yeah, he's he's put together some really fantastic days. I, I think that he's got to be the odds-on favorite to be the practice squad kicker. Sucko oh. had a rough start to camp, but has really rebounded, like you said, hit the 49-yarder in the game. That bodes well for him. Listen, I mean, they signed him to a four-year contract extension, making $12 million uh, over the course of that deal, $3 million a year. So Ryan Suckup is going to get the benefit of the doubt. He's He set the franchise record for 136 points last year, made over 90% of his field goals in extra points. But the good news is Jose B gets, gets a look-see, uh, an extended look-see, and hopefully kicking extra points too because some of those extra points are just as long, if not longer, than field goals. So let's see some touchdowns on this board from this anemic Bucks offense this preseason. Get the fans oh, excited. And we and, better get uh, it. I mean, they're playing against the Houston Texans. Yeah, and, you better. And, and it looks like the starters, we don't know exactly how much, but Bruce Arians said that they're going to get a significant amount of times. Does that mean 
playing, you know, the whole first half, we'll see. But regardless, playing against a roster like the Houston Texans, you got to expect whether it's Tom Brady for a long amount of time or Blaine Gabbert for right. a long amount of time, you got to expect they're going to at least get to the red zone a fair amount where Jose B can get some opportunities. And as we were saying, he's been doing well in in practice, but Bruce Arians always hammers home He's got to get game opportunities. Let's see how right. he does in the game. It's a whole different animal. It's a whole different beast, as they say, going into a game itself. So this is a really good opportunity for him to get those chances to kick in. I don't want to say high stakes situations because right. I don't think this game is going to really go down to the wire. I but this, not. this, <laughs> please, please not. At least get out to a big lead at halftime, right? And, yeah. And keep, keep this this fan base. Um, but Scott, this. Know. Yeah, this is exactly why, though, you keep an extra kicker on that practice squad and why you protect him for this literal situation that the Bucs now see themselves in. Exactly. You said the word hammered. I am not hammered right now. I've been drinking water (laughs) all day. Um, Let's just clear that up right now. But what I did hammer this morning, Matt, was a tasty beverage that we love. Um, and I'm so excited because I got the orange back in stock. Oh, house. let's go. Yes. The goat, yes. the goat, the OG yes. of Celsius flavors. The thing I love about Celsius, Scott, is, you know, the fact that you don't get the, any of those, those jittery feelings after you have an energy drink. Yes. And it's not just the fact that these flavors are so good. I'm, I'm rocking also with my living golf life mug. Love it. I'm rocking love the it. Kiwi guava right now. Yeah. And but the thing I love about it most is the flavor is fantastic. I think that's why orange is is the go because it tastes like you're drinking orange soda, but you're not actually drinking soda. Yes. It's the variety of flavors that they have, Scott. I mean, you got the new tropical vibes that they've come out with. You got love it. Great. You got the Celsius heat. You got the, the blueberry pomegranate. That's my personal favorite. There's so many different flavors more than any other energy drink company. Totally. Like you go look around. Celsius has the most diverse group of flavors that you could find when it comes to energy drink. That's the biggest thing for me that blows me away, but there's still so much more that comes with it. And the thing too, Matt, is is when it says it, it's orange, it tastes like orange. When it says it's grape, it tastes like grape. When it says strawberry guava, it tastes like strawberry guava. They nail the flavors. I don't know what type of scientists they employ there, but I mean, <laughs> these guys nail the flavors. They really do. And, uh, and you mentioned no jitters. The thing I like is no crash because there's other energy drinks I've had where I've, I've, you know, drank one of those and you get that, that rush of energy for an hour or two, maybe three hours. And all of a sudden, boom, you're ready to take a nap because you're crashing. That doesn't happen with Celsius. Do what I did. Save money by shopping at Amazon. You can hit the subscribe and save. They'll send you a case. And the great part about it is you can, you can reorder those. You can program it in. You can have them delivered a couple weeks, a couple months later, whatever you want. And so you set it and forget it, and you save five cents, or not five cents, five percent or fifteen percent, depending on how much you you order. Uh, it's a great way to save money. So go to Amazon. Um, and, and the other thing I hammered in, and this is kind of getting to be I was going to bring that up next. for me is is the the fast energy bars. That's these right. Protein, these protein <laughs> bars are phenomenal. I had the salted caramel peanut crunch today. They also have those available on Amazon. Uh, with the cookies and cream as well. So two great flavors to accompany your Celsius. It's a great way to start your day with a fast energy bar and a Celsius. Yes, 20 grams of protein, low sugar, low carbs, and no GMOs. Make sure you click on the banners on PeterReport.com. Get your Celsius energy drinks, get your energy bars, anything you need. You know it's great flavor. You heard it from us first, but try it for yourself. 
We know you'll love it. That's Celsius Energy, and we thank them for being a sponsor, the proud sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Now, no doubt, some other players spoke uh, yesterday as well. We had Mike Edwards and Tanner Hudson. Though it's intriguing because Tanner Hudson, we obviously know the big story. He's Mr. August. He dominates when it comes to being a receiving tight end in the preseason. He has 10 receptions for, I believe, 122 yards, if I did my math correctly. He's Mr. August, Matt. That's just what he does. He catches yeah. passes. He gets yards. He fumbles sometimes, but hey, you know. He fumbles when the ground causes it, him it, to fumble. It's, it's happened twice now. It's kind of crazy, right? I mean, the ground can't cause a fumble, but that happened in Cincinnati. They blew it dead, as they should have. It happened yeah. against uh, Tennessee. They didn't blow it dead. They should have. Horrible call. But, but you know, you got to hold on to the right. ball. But that's not the biggest gripe by Bruce Arians. His biggest gripe is the blocking. So, you know, we had a major story blow up on PeterReport.com about that a couple weeks ago, and Arians mentioned that. That uh, that Tanner Hudson's regressed as a blocker. What did block Tanner somebody have to say about it? Yeah, block well, somebody. Yeah, him, but block yeah. anybody. Yeah. That's essentially what Coach Aaron's has said, and right. Coach Aaron's kind of doubled down on it uh, the, the other day as well too. He essentially said, "Yeah, it's great that he can do all these things as a wide receiver, but he's not a wide receiver. He's a tight end. He has right. to block. He has to show <laughs> he could block." So Tanner Hudson, of course, was asked about that, and to his credit, he took it in stride. Basically, what he was talking about was, hey, the fact that he's still looking at me, he's still coaching me up. It shows that he cares. It shows that yeah. he wants me to get better. And, you know, Tanner Hudson isn't an idiot. He understands that he has to get better at his blocking, and that's going to allow right. him to make the team. Because clearly, he is head and shoulders ahead of all of the other competition, whether it's Jarrell Adams or, or Cody right. McElroy. We saw his opportunity in the preseason game. and. Yeah. It literally went through his hands and it turned did. into an interception. Uh, Kyle Trask's second interception of the game. So as far as receiving, sure, they all did some great things in, in training camp practice, but the preseason itself, it was Tanner Hudson. But Tanner Hudson has not locked up that spot because of his inability to block well. And he said he's working on He said he's going to rely on some of the veteran guys, get some right. advice from them, most namely, obviously, Rob Gronkowski and Cam yep. Brate. So... He's saying all the right things. It's just a matter of can he prove it to Coach Arians in his eyes? Will he be able to be that blocker that the Bucks could use for their their fourth tight end? Well, and he's one of the guys we're going to be talking about when it comes to the Bucks depth chart battles today. We're going to be spending the next 30, 40 minutes or so going through each one of these battles, and that's on there. Um, and it's not really that Tanner Hudson is going up against another tight end. I think he's right. better than Cody McElroy, certainly better than Jarrell Adams at this point. But can he stick as tight end number four, or will the Bucks go with seven wide receivers, only three tight ends? So that's something we'll talk about in just a minute. But now that we got a, a pretty decent crowd in here, I wanted to let everybody know about a special new initiative we have uh, going on here that I think is, is really going to be special. We call it Pewter Game Day. You heard John right. talk about this yesterday. And we're going to be doing this every single week, starting with this Saturday's game. 8 o'clock, you're going to log on to pewterreport.com for Pewter Game Day. Now, what is Pewter Game Day? Well, it's live in-game commentary from John Ledyard and the Pewter Reporters. We'll be having special guests. You, you will be popping on. I'll be popping on. John will be kind of doing the, the main hosting of the show. And what it is is he's watching the game. 
you out there in, in Pewter Nation, you're watching the game, whether it's it's at your house, on your phone, at, at a sports bar, whatever, and you're basically having a virtual conversation about he's providing his expert analysis, injury updates as we as we know them, as as they're happening in real time, answering your questions in real time, and putting some of your comments up. So think about it like the Pewter Report podcast, but during the game itself. So, yeah. Exactly, Scott. Think of this, Peter Report fans. Think of this as the the live draft show that we do every year for the NFL draft. We do three days of coverage, live coverage throughout the whole time. Normally, it's you, Scott, and like this year it was is you and John for right. the majority of it. And it's essentially going to be that, but condensed into just a game form. So you're going to get all of our analysis, all of our instant reactions to the great plays, the bad plays. Everything else in between. And as you know, listen, obviously the first night of the draft is always so much fun. It's yeah. the first well, round. Hold on, man. There's a big, big sure. difference. Sometimes the draft show goes like eight hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the good thing is computer game day happens from kickoff to the end of the game. And and then after that, as you see, we were followed by the, the Pewter Report post-game podcast one hour after that game concludes. The great thing is you can watch it live on pewterreport.com. So all you got to do, go to pewterreport.com. You can watch it on YouTube. We would like for you to watch it on pewterreport.com because we'll have it embedded there on our, our channel on the website, just like we did the, the draft shows. So make sure you do that Saturday, 8 o'clock, and then, of course, we'll be doing it during the regular season as well for every Bucks game. So that's that's uh, going to be exciting. Yeah. The the point I just want to make real quick is, you know, yes, it is just going to be for the game itself. So it won't be 10, 15 hours like the draft. Right. But as you know, for those who have watched the draft, yes, day one is, is super fun because you're talking about a first round pick that most likely, unless you're the box and your roster is extremely stacked, is going to play right away or at least make an impact on this team, even though Joe Try and Trianka still will. But right. We still get a lot of fun on day three. Sometimes things get a little delirious. We start cracking more jokes. Things go yes. on. I can't help but think if we did it for the last preseason game. I yeah. mean, the Bucks got blown out, and it oh, was yeah. a bit of a struggle <laughs> to watch that, that third and, and fourth quarter. Peter Game Day. As a matter of fact, Peter Game Day would be more entertaining than the game itself. Exactly. So that's where see that the delirium, the jokes, yes. all that stuff comes in. Maybe for the regular season, hopefully, yeah. and most likely, it'll be the Bucks blowing out the other teams, and so right. we can all have a good time celebrating the win, yeah. plus all the other things we've seen. So please tune in on Saturday. It's going to be a ton of fun, yeah. and throughout the whole season. Absolutely. And then, again, we'll have the, the Peter Report post-game podcast, podcast following that an hour after the game, after we get Bruce and the players. Some breaking news from the Advent Health Training Center. Josh Allen J.C. Allen says, uh, Ryan, suck up on the reserve COVID list. We've talked about that. But the Bucks have waived Chidi Okiki, the tackle that they signed during camp. And running back Troy Main Pope has landed on injured reserve, which means he cleared waivers as an injured player. So he's on injured reserve right now. And we'll see how long he lasts there. Uh, didn't really make an, that much of an impression in camp. I think the Bucks are four deep at running back. And I think that's all they're going to you know, contend with. I don't even think they're going to have a, a practice squad running back necessarily just because I think they like all four of their backs. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a chance CJ Procise makes it, but uh, as far as the practice squad, but the, the fact that, you know, there's so much competition at all these different positions, namely offensive line, defensive back, and even the defensive line where they might not be able to keep all of these guys. 
Yeah. And they're most likely going to take those practice squad opportunities. So we'll see. If I were to bet on it, I'd probably say not going to be the case. But hey, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a couple things about uh, Peter Game Day real quick. Carl Jackson, I agree. You will definitely hear a Leonard from John or myself if there is an instance where he fumbles the ball, doesn't catch the ball, or runs into the back of one of his offensive linemen rather than hitting a hole. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't, yes, I don't, I don't mean Michael to. Michael Henderson, feel free to insult the other team's players. Yes, of course. That's, I, that's I don't mean to laugh when I hear the Leonard thing, but I because I want Leonard Fournette to do well. Obviously, it, it it's the best for the Bucks if he does well. But I will say yes. there were a couple times in training camp where John and I are next to each other and we're watching, and Leonard drops a pass or doesn't have right. a good run, and we both turn to each other and we go. Leonard, like we whisper it. Obviously, we're not yelling mm-hmm. it, but we're like Leonard. It's become a staple it. in the it board staff for sure. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, listen, Mark Cook was the was the master of the segues, but we have got a fantastic segue right here from Harvinder. Which running back has stood out in practice so far? Well, that's that's fantastic. That's a great opportunity, Matt, for us to go right to our list and take a look at those Bucks depth chart battles let's start right there with the first one which is running back battle ronald jones versus leonard fournette this is great because saturday's game i think is going to really determine who the opening day starter is we've seen ronald jones get named to the top of the depth chart we've seen in practice leonard fournette get the first carries more often than not and got the first carry in the game against cincinnati but we we both know that that uh, a certain Bruce Arians likes to go with the hot hand, play both guys, go with the hot hand. I think whoever emerges with with more production in this preseason finale is is going to be the hot hand and start the season. Do you agree, Matt? I agree tenfold. And to answer, I believe it was Harvinder's question: the running back that has stood out the most is Giovanni Bernard, without question, in this preseason so far. But this is this is not the the battle that we're going into. At the end of the day, both guys are going to get their touches. So it's a very interesting battle. But I think, you know, both it's not like, okay, if one guy is the starter, you're not going to see the other guy at all, like it is with, you know, a battle on the offensive line. And I did write in our PR roundtable today which running yeah. back has to, or not which running back, which off, which player in general has to have a really good third preseason game. And I said Ronald Jones, because ultimately I think the Bucks offense is better when Ronald Jones is in the game. Both running backs, I think, are are physical runners. Yeah, you could also say possibly a violent runner. And, but Leonard Fournette puts a little finesse into his game as well, too. But I think that hurts him for this Bucks offense, where he might dance a little bit or maybe not be able to get to the outside as quickly yeah. as he could because he's assessing the situation. Where I think Ronald Jones. He helps bring a rhythm to this offense. And I it's it's weird because they didn't score on this drive, but I think of the Super Bowl where Rojo ultimately he got stopped at the one yard line on that right. fourth and goal. But that whole drive, I think, in my opinion, was one of the best offensive drives for the Bucs because it was one of those I don't the Bucs listen, they clearly kicked the crap out of the Chiefs. They yeah. got some help with with penalties here and there. And I'm not saying the Bucs won the game because of the penalties. But that drive with Rojo, they just kept feeding him. He was jamming it down the throats of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I yeah. think that's when the Bucs offense can really be at its best. When they don't think too much, they just give Rojo the ball and he's getting five, six, seven yards carry. Then you got the play action going and obviously all the weapons that the Bucs have on offense. 
I think Rojo, despite all of his issues with catching the ball, but again, that's why you bring Giovanni Bernard in. He can handle those situations, and you can even come in on a first or second down to spell these guys if you know you're going to run in a run a play that's pass centric and you can get him the ball. Yeah. I really think Rojo gives the offense their best chance to win. Uh, they're going to be good no matter what, but I just, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm I have high you. expectations. I'm for with Rojo. you. I really do. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that he'll be the better back on Saturday. And I think he'll be the starter come opening day, opening night, if you will, against the Cowboys. Mitch Chimer brings up a good point. Fournette has been more durable, right? We did see at the end of the season, Rojo's like, oh, so close to getting a thousand yards. And he had the the broken pinky. He had uh, what a COVID incident. Yeah. Uh, and then and then for that uh, Washington game, had the thigh injury. Right. So, uh, you know, there have been times when Leonard Fournette got it in his own way during yeah. the season, but he was durable. He did go wire to wire, and even even the the game he was a, a scratch in. It was a healthy scratch against the the Vikings. So, I believe that. That um, that that comes into play too. It uh, listen, you have to have two backs in this day and age in the NFL, right? Absolutely, especially and, in seventeen games. And without question, I mean Leonard Fournette got that opportunity because Rojo was hurt, and he literally took the ball and ran with it. And he sees that opportunity. He pretty much, you know, lose yourself in the moment. Eminem. He like he took his shot, yeah. and it became the number one guy, and obviously did everything that he did in the postseason, and I know Rojo got hurt at the end of the year, but he doesn't concern me as someone that is chronically injured, like we've seen right. with some other running backs, and Leonard Fournette in the past has had not the best injury history. Now, granted, he was a one-man show with Jacksonville, and clearly he's going to share all the carries here with the Bucks. so obviously that'll help with his durability, but I don't look going into the season thinking like, oh, well, Rojo got hurt last year. This could be the situation again. I mean, Chris Godwin was a guy that missed time last year and the year before that. And I don't think anyone looks at Chris Godwin as, oh, he's a guy that gets injured all the time. Right. Yeah, I know you're right. Speaking of injured, we get a, a great uh, super chat from um, from William Butler there. Appreciate that. Thank you, what's William. The, what's the word on O.J. Howard's progression? I think you mean regression because I think he's regressing a little bit. Uh, listen, he's got some rust to shake off, and, and and that's 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 fair. That that's that's okay because that's understandable, right? He had an Achilles injury. That's that is is a thank you for the super sticker, Brian. Uh, you know that that's that's not a thank you, Brian. Uh, that, that's not a, an injury that's easy to to recover from, right? Because basically, when you have a torn Achilles, you can't use your foot. Okay, it's like, yeah. You know, it's when you when you have a knee injury, we've seen guys walk off the field right with the torn ACL or play with the torn MCL like Tom Brady did. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you can't walk literally because your foot won't cooperate, that's a, a significant injury. Then when you're a football player and you're a tight end and you're asked to, to block in the trenches and put pressure on that Achilles as you fire off the ball or when you fire off the line of scrimmage to go run your route and then plant that foot and go to turn and, and get into your, your breaks. It's a mental thing with OJ right now, and it's affecting his his catching, I think. That's the key right there, Scott. Uh, as much as it is for OJ getting back into the offense, making sure that Achilles is healthy and going all systems go, as they say, I really think it comes down to a mental thing. And I'm I'm not blaming him because it's tough for anyone to come back from a serious injury like that. And 
I think you saw it in the preseason game. Sure, he made three catches, but the three catches he made were all pretty much the same route. It was like seven or eight yards down the field, turn around, bam, the ball's right there. Any of those difficult contested catches, the third down, um, the one down the field where he was wide open, could have caught it in stride and kept going. You know, he's going against second and third string guys right there. And OJ Howard is a former first round pick. You know, he should be getting the better of these players. And he really wasn't in that situation. He's got all the talent in the world. I really think it comes down to getting over that mental hurdle. And yeah. Bruce Arians said after the game, he was still complimentary of OJ. He said that he's not worried about the drops at all. But I'm curious if that's just a, you know, a vote, trying to give him a vote of confidence and not trying to squash any of the doubts that he might have in his head currently. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Uh, getting back one little uh, period or exclamation point, whatever you want to say, for the running game, I think they're going to come out and really try to establish the run on Saturday. I, I think that they did so much passing in training camp and they got a little bit of a look in practice in those two days against the Titans. But again, you're not doing full tackling, right? You're not taking people to the ground. I would suspect Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich going to come out and really try to run the ball, which is going to make not just Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones excited. Also Harold Goodwin, the run game coordinator, make him excited right. too. Because I, I, I think that, that they have neglected the run game in terms of the proficiency of it. They've run the ball in practice, right? But it's kind yeah. of been an afterthought. And it, it's kind of like, well, that's that's the Bucks' offense. Uh, so, Mark Fisher, I hope that answers your question. I, I think they're going to – now, listen, they're not going to uh, make it a, a priority during the season. This is a pass for his team. Look no further than the, the quarterback whisperer head coach, the former quarterback – Offensive coordinator, the greatest quarterback of all time under center, and Tom Brady, right? Those are three guys that control the offense. They're going to pass the ball. And why wouldn't you with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you do have to run the ball on occasion. You need to have some balance. It does help. It's not necessary, but it helps when you have play action uh, to be able to have a credible running game. And, um, uh, so I, I suspect that they're going to try to work on that. Otherwise, that's going to be a, a big bone of contention. It, listen, it's hard to judge with just the starters in there for six plays whether this this running game got going in the preseason because a lot of it was with the backups. But I think yeah. you're going to see it on Saturday. I agree, Scott. I mean, and granted, it's the preseason. And again, uh, I guess shameless plug here. I, I spoke about this in our PR roundtable with getting the run game going. And yes, I spoke about Rojo. And like I said, yes, it, it's the preseason, but through the two games, and I don't care if it's the second string, third string, whoever, the Bucks averaged 1.7 yards per carry in that first game and 1.3 yards per rush in that second game. I mean, right. that is ugly no matter what. It's like you're not even trying at that Exactly. Point. <laughs> and you're not even trying. And Bruce spoke about that after the game, too. He said... We focused on running a lot in the joint practices against the Titans, so it wasn't really an emphasis. Okay, in fine, but every time you called a run play, you didn't want to average 1.2 yards per carry. Okay, like that's the fact. Yeah, I mean, like, you're yeah. already putting yourself in a hole at second and 10. Yeah. So, okay, well, you're going to try to run it again? All right, Guarante well, now you got I guarantee 30. you, like, Keyshawn Vaughn didn't like the fact that he averaged like two yards per carry, right, in the preseason. <laughs> um, guarantee you the offensive line got chewed out a little bit by – by uh, Goodwin and, and Joe uh, Gilbert, yeah, Joe Gilbert for sure. Uh, again, 
when Byron Leftwich called a run play, he did not want or expect 1.7 or 1.2 yards per carry. So they, they got to get, get better. Have they it. had one run for like five yards, and I almost fell out of my seat. I was so I shocked. Wow, was, that's that's a long run for the Bucks. Yeah, and it was probably <laughs> like two yards and three yards after initial contact for Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. So you know, it's a hard-earned five yards, exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah. So. so let's let's move on to our second topic. Right guard battle. Alex Kappa versus Aaron Stiddy. Okay. So this is a battle according to Bruce Arians. And listen, he's the judge and the jury here. Uh, he believes that there's a battle. I kind of think there is one too, not based in training camp. I think Kappa's played really well in practice. In the one-on-ones, I thought he's really shown some Marked improvement as a pass protector. He, he didn't give up a sack last year, so he's, you know, it's not like he was bad to begin with. Right. But the thing is, both of those guys are in a contract year. Stinney really came on, and this team has the trust in Stinney from what he did in the, in the postseason. But Alex Kappa, in a very small sample size in two games, has not played well, especially in pass pro. I think he's he's opened the door a little bit, and I think that if 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 Kappa doesn't have a good game on Saturday and Stinney does, that's going to create some questions for the coaching staff. Not saying that Kappa's not your day one starter, but it will give Stinney an opportunity to creep up a little bit. I still think this is Kappa's job to lose. That's what Bruce Arian said. Even if Kappa doesn't play well and Stinney does, I still think they give the benefit of the doubt to Kappa. What do you think? I still think at the end of the day, this is Kappa's job. And, you know, I'm not a firm believer in, oh, a starter gets hurt or something happens. And then when they get back, that they deserve to just automatically get their job back. Because if another guy shows up again, like if it's Leonard Fournette in the postseason or what Stinney was able to do, if another guy shows up and just over excels and does great, then, yeah, they deserve to be there because you want to put the best product on the field. Um, as you just said, Kappa has done a very good job in training camp, in practice every single day. And while I agree he struggled a little bit, even in a limited amount of time in that second preseason game, there was a blitz. Uh, there was a sack on, on the, one of the first or second drives that it may have been Stinney's fault. Uh, sorry, Kappa's fault. Yeah, one of those situations. Yeah, think, one of those situations think we think it was. We're not 100% sure yeah. because with all the assignments and everything. Right. I don't think he has struggled enough to the point where it's like, okay, I think we need to to switch it right away. So I'm still in the camp of that. It's going to be Kappa's job. I, I do think Stinney has closed the gap for sure. Yeah. I think the interesting part is, as you said, they're both free agents. If you go to the bargaining table and Kappa's like, hey, I've been the starter for a little while now. I want more money. But the Bucks could argue with, okay, well... Stinney, we could probably get him to be the starter for way less money because he only was the starter for that postseason. And besides right. that, he's been a backup. So while he's a little bit proven, he's not fully proven. And I think the right. Bucks would be comfortable with taking that risk of, all right, let's put him as the starting guard for the 2022 season and we can save a little cap room because the Bucks are still in that situation where they're going to have to try to re-sign and still juggle some things to keep the best roster intact right. that they can possibly do. All right, do. Matt, so, so do you believe, would you bet money, that there's any way Aaron Stinney is not the starter on opening day, barring injury, of course, but if, if he's not injured, is there any way, would you place a bet 
that Aaron Stinney beats out Alex Kappa or is Alex Kappa, whatever whatever happens on Saturday night, he's the starter. Can he get the benefit of the doubt against the Cowboys? I think Kappa gets the benefit of the doubt, and I would put my money on Alex Kappa being the starter for the home opener September 9th at home against okay. the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if there's a prop bet in my bookie for that. But what I they do have know, a lot of prop bets. They do. But what I do know is winning season has returned at mybookie.ag. It's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit. That's going to give you the firepower you need to add excitement to the game that you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning season, this winning season, your best ever at MyBookie. Folks, not only do they advertise with us on the Peter Report podcast, I think this is year four now, maybe year five. I play my bookie every year. I love it. It's fun. It's so easy to use with the app, the website, easy to navigate. Um, if you haven't been to my bookie, just go to mybookie.ag. Just check out the website. I think you're going to like it. And if you're there and you do like it, listen, a historic 18-week schedule is coming your way, and they, they're going to have more action than ever. You need a sportsbook casino that's reliable. You won't find a better place to play than my bookie. I know if you're going to bet this season, you're going to do the smart thing. You're going to sign up at my bookie. You're going to use that promo code Pewter to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand dollars. So if you de- if you deposit a thousand bucks with the promo code Pewter, they're going to give you another thousand dollars. That's extra money credited to your account instantly, just for using the promo code Pewter making your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Make sure you check that out. Scott, I have no reason to lie. I enjoy gambling, especially during football season, especially college football and the NFL. Do you like to drink, Matt? Do you like to drink beer too? I like to have a cocktail here and there. Okay, all right. And you have to go to MyBookie. You could already put in bets for the Bucs. I may or may not have already taken the Bucs minus six and a half. Uh, the, the, the odds keep going up. Too, the, yeah. the spread keeps going up I because the Bucks. I, I absolutely took the box like big time. Yeah. I think they're going to win by double digits, but I make agree. sure you go to my bookie because you can get good odds there. Uh, you can, and you can do a ton of prop bets too, whether it's Mike yes. Evans, whether it's Chris Godwin, anyone you want, there's, there's so many different options. There's so many different fun options, whether you're betting you used college to be, football, yeah, NFL, used to be a anything. great prop bet that I used to, to bet on Anthony, a player with a touchdown. It was like ridiculous odds, like $1,000 and 1000 to one, whatever it was. And I bet on that for the first couple of games uh, until they removed that as an option. And I was really pissed. They heard you. I was pissed at Dirk Cutter. Like, like, listen, no one's going to be covering Anthony Oplayer. You, you use him down there by the goal line as a blocking tight end. Slip him out, mm-hmm. throw him a touchdown. It's a gimme. Even Jameis Winston can't miss him. <laughs> but they never did, and I never got to cash in, and I'm pretty pissed about it to this day. Well, so hopefully they'll win you some money this year, and I you can get so. over it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have a great year last year. Last year was tough because I do a lot of college football betting. Last yeah, year I'll never football. forget. Oh, you know what? I, I have to air this out. It was Notre Dame against Alabama in the college football playoff, and you were like, yeah. "All right, Alabama." They covered the spread or whatever, and then Notre Dame scored a late, like oh, garbage God. time touchdown. Uh, I still remember that because as a gambler, so you remember horrible. the losses more than you remember the wins. Yes. I was like, "Damn it, Scott! Come on, we had that. You jinxed it." But anyway, yeah. 
hopefully you'll win more than you lose uh, for, for the this last season. two years. I've won a crap ton of money betting K State versus Oklahoma. For yeah. whatever reason, <laughs> we have Oklahoma's number. I don't know why. We have I a mediocre that. football team, but man, we we can dethrone Oklahoma. So we'll see if that holds true this year again. I'm sure that that the, there'll be big underdogs. I'm still I'm still taking the Cats. Okay, so let's get back to our depth chart battles. We've gone through the first two. Wide receiver five, Tyler Johnson versus Jalen Darden. We were kind of led to believe, Matt, that at the start of training camp, all the buzz, and it was legitimate buzz because you had seen a lot of Jalen Darden and the OTAs, the rookie minicamp, really flash. You heard Bruce Arians gush over the guy. But the lights came on. He's not Kenny Bell. Okay, he's not a bust. He's not Dexter Jackson. He's just a rookie that's kind of feeling his way. We saw a couple of gaffes on Saturday night versus mm-hmm. the Titans. We saw the fumble trying to do too much on the punt return. We saw him catch what looked like a first down pass for 13 yards. He took a step back, tried to do a college juke move, got a 12-yard gain instead. The Bucks went for it on fourth and one, didn't get it. Lesson learned, but Tyler Johnson. This guy, after being called out for being a touch overweight and out of shape at the beginning of camp, has caught everything his way in the games, in, in practices. I think he's on, what, week three now of really good football. And I think Tyler Johnson has surpassed Jalen Darden on the depth chart in terms of, of that wide receiver five battle behind Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, and uh, and Chris Evans. Uh, that would be Captain, Captain America. America. Yes, of course. Yes. Mike Evans, Mike Evans, and Chris, and Chris Godwin. Godwin. But honestly, together, I mean, they are Chris Evans, are they not? I mean, yeah, they are technically. Yeah, I mean, they're they're Captain America. We got to get a Photoshop superhero. of them in Captain America gear. That's I think <laughs> I think that's 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 definitely in the in the in, in the coming weeks here. We'll have to put that together. What do you think about that uh, wide receiver by, five battle, Matt? As Michael Scott once said, my, 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 how the turntables, because you're right. All the buzz was about Jalen Darden and everything that he was doing. And Tyler Johnson got chewed out by Coach Arians publicly to the media. It was a big deal. We had stories on it on PeterReport.com. But these last two weeks, Jalen Darden keeps hurting himself because he's making these drops. And again, I'm not going to say that he's going to be a receiver for the rest of his career that has drop issues, but you saw it in the game as you just explained. Yeah. And Tyler Johnson, on the other hand, maybe he needed, maybe not not necessarily motivation from Coach Arians himself, but he needed a little something to, to motivate him more. And I think that competition against the Titans really brought out the best of Tyler Johnson. It, it motivated him more than just like, okay, I'm showing up to practice today and we're yeah. going to to do whatever. Because he wasn't just playing well in these one-on-one matchups and any battles he had against the Titans. Tyler yeah. Johnson, for the reps he was getting, was dominating out there. Yeah, you really He was. made a great one-handed Spectacular catch. Spectacular catches, yeah. He had this unbelievable, almost stop-and-go type of move where he left the defender trailing him by at least five yards. It was like one of those moves where everyone was like, oh, you know, you, you see it yeah. live like that. I honestly think, and it probably won't happen this year, or at least for the beginning of the season, you could start looking at a battle more for Tyler Johnson taking some of Scotty Miller's reps well, that's, than, that's than just taking Jalen Darden's reps. Who asked, is Scooter a lock for a wide receiver four ahead of 
Tyler Johnson. I'm going to get your thoughts in a second. Here are my thoughts. I'm not saying that Bloom is coming off the Scotty Miller Rose. Not yet. But there's a reason why they draft the Jalen Darden. He's not as fast in terms of vertical speed as Scotty Miller, but he can do more. He's got more wiggle. He's got more stop-start ability. He's, he can you know, juke you. He can throw the brakes on and then accelerate a little faster than, than, than Scotty Miller can. The problem is, is Chris Godwin's going to make a fortune next year. He's got the franchise tag this year, so you're going to yeah. have two receivers making over $16 million a year come next year. They're not going to be able to afford a high-priced third wide receiver. And I'm not saying Scotty Miller is going to be deserving of that necessarily, but if he if he does well, right? If he if he scores touchdowns and 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 becomes sought after on the free agent market, they're not going to be able to, to afford to re-sign him. Not with Vita Vea's contract coming up, not with Devin White's contract coming up, not with Tristan Wirf's contract coming up in the future. So they have to get another guy in the pipeline to replace Scotty Miller when free agency hits. And I think Jalen Darden was drafted because he can do a little bit more. He's not, not the, the deep speed demon guy that, that Scotty is, but he's close. And I think he's a little bit more – if you were to take Jalen Darden when he's catching everything, he is between Scotty Miller and Antonio Brown. I think that's kind of what Jalen Darden, what they envision his role being. And so that being said, if you're a one-trick pony and you're the deep guy, but Tyler Johnson could get in there and do some blocking, play the slot, play outside, and he's catching everything, maybe he does end up as wide receiver four when it's all said and done. What do you think? Right, and Darden got some opportunities in that first preseason game where they looked at him down the field, and there was one or two that were was overthrown. Another one, he didn't make the play. And those are correctable things on both sides. Eventually, Darden can start making those plays once he gets a little more sure-handed. But yeah, with Scotty Miller, again, another thing Bruce Arians spoke about a lot was Scotty has to make those grimy catches. He has to do something a little bit different. Now, granted, if Scotty is going to keep dominating with those downfield plays and the defenses just refuse to adjust to it and, right. and game plan for that, then sure, Scotty Miller is going to keep his job as a number four, and he's going to get all of those great opportunities but we've seen in the preseason so far you had that one downfield ball to scotty miller where he wasn't able to keep his foot in bounds it could have been a little bit of a better throw from ryan griffin granted but yeah. outside of that the only other way scotty really gets the ball is when they try to do a little bubble screen to him outside right. of that i don't i would have to go back and look again but he's not getting those other opportunities right. he's not getting targets his way over the and middle or, or making a sideline catch. jalen darden who's getting punt return reps, right? Exactly. And Scotty so, Miller is not is not taking control of that in in practice. He can make himself more valuable, but he really can't do anything on special teams, right? He he's he's not big enough to go down and cover punts and kicks. And right. He's, he's not, not going to be a special teams at all. Return game, right? He's not a factor in special teams. So so that you know, and it's listen. It's not like Tyler Johnson's a world beater on special teams. He's no Justin Watson, at least not yeah. yet. But at least he has the ability to do those things. So we're not hating on Scotty Miller. We're not. We're just no. We love Scotty. He's a friend of the program. Yes, He's sure. been on the show. So, but we're, we're just, just saying real. that. Yeah, we are. You know, we're we're not just gonna fluff up some of the players because they've either been on our podcast or you know we just think they're they're 
good players and things like that. If someone's struggling or not doing what the coach is asking them to do, or we're not seeing them take their step, their next step forward, we're going to talk about it. You know, we talk about everything here on the PL board podcast. Yeah. Well, listen, and and they like a deep threat too. I mean, they do, right. He's, he has a role. It's important, but, but um, you know, that's, that's kind of the role there. So um, let's, let's carry on. Shall we? Let's see what uh, what the next topic is. Going to do a little house cleaning there because we had a not so great uh, contributor. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, "What's uh, what's going okay. on there?" So um, let's talk about this linebacker four battle: KJ Brett, the rookie, versus Grant Stewart, the rookie. Don't think that Joe Johnson's done enough. I mean, he had a great play, the pick six. But I think this team wants to keep one of their rookies. And is it going to be Britt or Stewart? I would say heading into the game, it was going to be Britt. He got the start. He's played better on defense until Saturday night yeah. against the, the Titans. And Grant Stewart just showed up. Six tackles, got a sack. Um, I don't particularly think either one of these guys is a great fit. I think that K.J. Britt is a little bit of a less athletic Kevin Minter. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Grant Stewart is is I, I I don't think you want him on defense in, in a real live NFL game. Special teams maybe he's got some speed he can get down the field, uh, but he's he's got short arms and is is he going to miss tackles once he gets down there? I don't know. What do you how do you see how do you see this this battle shaping out here? We'll we'll get back to Hudson and Mickens, but I wanted to get to to this battle here because we can talk an offense. Let's get a little defense in here. Yeah, you know Scott. Looking at all of these battles, the KJ Britt versus Grant Stewart one was probably one of the battles that I was struggling with the most for who I would pick out of the two. Because yeah. there's there are certain things, obviously they both have their flaws, but there's certain things that I like about both of their games. For Britt, while he's not the fastest guy, I think he's shown a little bit better acceleration than maybe we expected. But the thing yeah. I like about him the most is that he is a bit of an old school player where he brings it when he hits someone. You hear that thud when he makes plays. And we see that with a guy like Jordan Whitehead, how important that is to this Bucs defense in particular. And I really enjoy that. Now, Grant Stewart, I love his overall charisma and enthusiasm that he brings to the game. He just runs around all the time like he just drank a a bunch of Celsius. Uh, He's like extremely energetic. But he had a really interesting comment after the preseason game where he spoke to us. And he was talking a lot about, you know, what he likes about playing in a, in a Todd Bowles defense. And one of the things he, he really talked about was just that, you know, when he was playing at Houston, he was like a hybrid safety linebacker where he was playing nickel. He would be in coverage. Now he's really learning how to be a full-blown linebacker in this type of defense where he's right. in the box the whole that's time. That's a great point. Yeah, that's, so that's a fantastic point. So he's still he's learning. the learning curve, yep. Yeah, so he's still learning that position itself during this whole training camp as he's trying to make the team at the same time. And obviously, if right. he makes it, he's going to have a role on special teams. And he talked about that too, where that first game, he was so nervous about being in the right spot, making the right play. Right. And he said he just went back to his keys did a lot more uh, you know, film study and things like that, where that second game, he just let it develop, and he, he let the game come to him, and we saw him with all those right. improvements. Cause you, <laughs> yeah, because you look at that first preseason game, yeah. 
and obviously you would give the the nod to KJ Britt, but that second game clearly was all about Grant Stewart. So they're going to have a really good battle for that third preseason game where whoever comes out better might get one of those final roster spots. It's one of those things where my head says KJ Britt, my heart says Grant Stewart. I'm with you on that. It's um, I I think it's really one of the the closer battles that we're going to see. I think I'm going to go with Stewart if if we have to pick one. Just because I think that learning curve and him being able to understand more Granted, with his flaws, I think especially if he's going to be a special teams guy, yes, I'm going to give the edge to him. But I think like whoever makes the roster, the other one will be on the practice squad. So you're going to get to see both guys. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about Stewart, Matt, you're you're really talking about the ultimate underdog, right? This is a guy who's Mister Irrelevant. Right? Yeah. But yet, I mean, he is he's the underdog, but he's not the only underdog we're going to talk about today. He is not. We're also going to talk about Underdog Fantasy, uh, another sponsor here on the Peter Report podcast. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. I'm super excited about this website because they got a lot of awesome stuff for you. If you're a fan of football and especially fantasy football, uh, you make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com and sign up with the promo code Pewter and you'll get $25 free and you could sign up. Yeah, free money right there. Free. Absolutely free with the promo code Pewter. But Underdog Fantasy, obviously there's so many different, you know, fantasy football things going on here. But Underdog Fantasy has a great website layout. They they have all these different contests where you can go and draft a team in leagues that are $1, $3, $5. They got more expensive ones that are $25 and $50. It's a great way to help prepare for your fantasy football league. You draft the whole team. You set it and forget it. You don't got to worry you about set it and forget it. Because yeah. here's the thing. People say, Scott, you must play fantasy football, right? You covered the Buccaneers. You're you're tuned into the NFL. No, I have tunnel vision on the Buccaneers. Exactly. I'm bad at fantasy football because <laughs> I'm locked on, you know, this this Tampa Bay team here. And and I really don't know what's happening in Cincinnati, nor do I care, or Houston, or especially the AFC, right? Except yeah. for the, the teams the Bucs are playing. But this is a league where you you draft once. There's no stardom and sit-ems. You draft your entire team. They pick the best scores, so there's no starters and bench. It's exactly it's scores on your team. The best quarterback gets the points, even if uh, you know, even if three of your guys. And that's have what a makes day. it so important in finding those late round sleepers because yeah. it doesn't matter if you pick them in the fifteenth round if they go all out for a game. They're going to get you the points so you can win that week. And also make sure, and this is where that $25 free credit comes into play. Underdog Fantasy always has so many different contests and tournaments, whether it's a season long or a or just a, a weekly daily fantasy thing. But they got another big tournament coming up. It's called Best Ball Mania, yep. where you pick your best team. It's going to be a total of $3.5 million, okay? And that's where you use that $25 credit. First place gets a million dollars. So even if you come in 10th place, you're still coming away with a big chunk of money all because you got that free $25 credit. Another big thing that Underdog Fantasy has and I'm a big fan of is they have these little prop bets as well, too, where you could pick, for example, let's just say the first game of the season, who's going to have more receiving yards, Mike Evans or Amari Cooper? You know it's going to be Mike Evans, so you could put some of that money in Mike Evans and after the game, cha-ching, you get that money right then and there. So go to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code pewter and get a free $25 credit to underdog fantasy. I love it. That, that's, that sounds good. I'm, I'm actually, 
uh, going to be signing up for two or three leagues. I like the big money leagues, so I'm going to be doing that. Me that's, too. That's that's kind of see, yeah, you know, uh, you know, we got we got Mitch here. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I, I promoting saw that, his Mitch. vice. Yeah, I love it. That's good stuff. Do it responsibly. Yes, that's no doubt. Responsibly. No doubt. So let's let's wrap up the show here with uh, with some of these other training camp battles, shall we? Now, we skipped one because I'm a defensive guy. I'm itching to talk some defense after yeah. all these offensive guys. But we would be remiss if we didn't mention Tanner Hudson, Mr. August versus Jaden Mickens. Now, why why is this a, a battle? Because they played two different positions. Well, it might be a thing where they keep seven wide receivers. And three tight ends, where they keep six receivers and four tight ends. Uh, historically, they've kept four tight ends and and six wide receivers, but it could go the other way this year. And the reason why is because Jaden Mickens is still the best return guy on this team, and he's actually played pretty well as as a receiver in training camp. So I I, I don't know if if Tanner Hudson, if he if he doesn't play well in special teams, if he doesn't block. He could be a candidate for the practice squad. Uh, it would be fascinating to see, but how Mickens fares in the return game, how he fares as a receiver, I think is going to be calculated against how Hudson fares as a blocker and on special teams because we know we can catch the ball. And that that might be something the Bucks are weighing. Seven wide receivers, three tight ends, four tight ends, six wide receivers. Who are the six? Well, let's run those down because Mickens would be number seven. Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, otherwise known as Chris Evans. Chris Captain Evans, America. Yes. Uh, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, and number six would be Jaden. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Jalen Darden. Jaden Darden. Yeah. So, yeah, Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden. Jaden. Well, I was going to say we can mix it. We can mix them up again, like like Mike and Chris, because they're very similar guys, and they they've uh, struck up a, like a very good friendship as well too and yes. i'm not saying mickens is going to make the team because of this but he's right. taking a mentor role to jalen darden at a position where this guy yeah. if, if if mickens doesn't make the team it's going to be because darden and johnson are the guys that are going to pretty much take his job i think too what hurts hudson is he's not really a factor on special teams and again bruce aarons as we spoke about not right. a fan of his blocking at all and you got to think the bucks offense you know, because you have Mike, Chris, and Antonio Brown, they're going to be in a lot of three wide receiver sets where they don't necessarily need to have two tight ends on the field. So it's it's not really going to have the Bucks in a situation where they want to keep that fourth tight end. And if they do yeah. need that fourth tight end, again, because you have Adams and you have McElroy and you have Hudson, yeah, I'm not saying you're going to keep all three in the practice squad, but you're going to be able to stash one or two of them where if there is a situation where one of the guys gets hurt, you can right. quickly bring them right back up. I think Mickens, who his was, value. Who was sorry, the fourth ahead. tight end last year? Uh, Anthony Alclair. Double A, right? Anthony and, and let's not forget, Tanner Hudson did not make the roster That's coming right. out of the season. He was yes. cut and put on the practice squad. Right. And where was Anthony Alclair by midseason at the end of the season? He was inactive, right? Because they yeah. went with, with Joe Haig as the extra blocker of the line of scrimmage. Exactly. I think Josh... Josh Wells could be that guy this year, and you know we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Saturday is a big game. If Mr. August can shine again, listen, let's favorite. I mean, he's he's a favorite of Bruce Arians catching the ball. Bruce hates his blocking, but damn it, he loves when Tanner Hudson catches the ball, right? So yeah. if Mr. August leads the team again, it, it bodes well for him. If Jaden Mickens comes out, 
and does well in the return game, they, they may just be tempted to keep seven wide receivers. Um, so we'll see. Let's let's uh, finish up our list, shall we? This has been a fun little discussion today. Yeah. Uh, back to defense. Cornerback five. Another Bruce Arians favorite, D. Delaney. He can't stop talking about D. Delaney. Always talking about D. Delaney. Or Antonio Hamilton, who is the favorite of the Pew Report staff, namely John Ledyard and myself, and I think you too. I think Hamilton's just been the better corner, but there's this infatuation with D. Delaney. I'm not saying he's, he's a bad player. I just think Hamilton's a touch better than, than Delaney, but it's going to come down to how these guys play in the second half against the Texans to determine who wins – cornerback five because we know cornerback four is Ross Cockrell who's really been a star of training camp has not played that great in in the, the preseason games but in practice I mean he has been a head turner oh he's been the man yeah preseason I would like to see Ross Cockrell uh step up a little bit in the run game he missed yeah. some tackles and he's that, not a big guy yeah exactly so that that's something where he can improve on Hamilton I mean between Training camp practices and the game itself, he keeps making plays, whether he's made a lot of uh, interceptions and pass breakups in, yeah. in practice. I love the way the he blitz tackler. <laughs> yeah, I love the way he in blitzed the off the edge. It was a run yeah. blitz in, in Saturday's game, and he got to the running back in the backfield for a tackle for loss. I really like what Hamilton brings to this team. And it's not that Delaney's been bad. I He's obviously been solid on, on special teams, and that's what Bruce Aarons has praised him for. Right. But as he's been solid. He hasn't been like, oh my God, you got to see D Delaney. Like I almost think Keyshawn Vaughn has stood out more as a gunner than D Delaney has. So yeah. I got to give the nod to, to Hamilton and I'd like to see what he can do a little bit more, like give him some more opportunities on special teams. If you're going to say that this is what it's going to come down to give Hamilton some more special teams opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. So rounding out our list, now, this is interesting. This is something that John Ledyard kind of brought up in our Peter Report group text, uh, and, and I, I think it, it merits some discussion, and maybe John will talk about it later in the week. But uh, let's let's see what we're talking about here. DL6 battle. Patrick O'Connor or Steve McClendon, the old wily veteran at age 34, 44, 54, however old he is. <laughs> He's getting up there. 54 at some point in time. Line. Yeah, at some point in time, you know, the clock's going to run out on Steve McClendon. Now, they they traded for him last year. He played a great role on this team. When Vita Vea was out, he paired with, with Nacho inside to help at, at nose tackle. Did a good job, right? Uh, but when Vita Vea came back, they kind of had one extra defensive lineman there. And I just wonder, with Vita Vea, Already being, you know, healthy and, and and having a good camp and a good preseason. If you cut Steve McClendon, the chances, Matt, of him getting picked up by other teams with his age are probably nil, right? I think it would have to be another situation where he joins a team that is already uh, a contender. You know, like yeah. if, for like if the Packers feel that they need to right. beef up their run defense. He but what, I'm, what I'm saying, though, is, is there's a pretty good chance that if you cut Steve McClendon, he's probably on the street in case you need him, right? If something happens to gotcha. Sue or, or Vea or Nacho, you probably re-sign him a couple weeks later. It's my guess. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see that happening for because sure. Because the thing is, is your your six defensive linemen, as I see him right now, Vita Vea, Dominica Sue, Will Golston, Raheem Nunez-Rochez, otherwise known as Nacho. Of course. 
Pat O'Connor, he's already made the team. Bruce yeah, Arians said that's it. what Bruce Arians said. Damn it. He deserves to be on the team. This special is this teams guy. Special teams arrow guy. Arrow is pointing up. He had a block punt against Denver last year, had a sack against the Vikings, had a sack against the Titans. Uh, I think that this guy is he's what you want at the bottom of your depth chart to push those guys ahead of him. Yeah. And then you got Khalil Davis, who I think is flashed. I think he is, he's got a bright future, still learning the NFL game with speed. But can you afford seven defensive linemen? I don't know. And I would rather have a younger Khalil Davis, who I don't think you can stink on the practice squad, by the way. He flashes too much. I'd rather have Patrick O'Connor for special teams. Damn it, he's already made the team. Why are you even talking about right. it? Right, yeah. The thing is, is, is Pat O'Connor being on this team going to cost – is it going to cost Steve McClendon a spot? Because I think they're going to want to keep Khalil Davis. Or are they going to find room for seven defensive linemen? I think it'll be so tough to find that much room. And it goes to overall what we've been talking about, that this roster is so talented. So you're going to have to make some difficult cuts in that situation. It's it's so funny because going into training camp, I don't think anyone thought that McClendon's job was was really going to be in jeopardy. But I think that right. speaks more to, because like Pat O'Connor has been on this team because of what he can do with special yeah. teams. I and think it's in, in Madden years past, he would bounce up and down from the yeah, practice squad to would. the roster. He was that guy. He was literally guy number 53 on the team. He was yes. the guy that, that, that when there was an injury somewhere else, you cut him, you put him back in the practice squad for a week or two, and then you bring him back up and you put him back down. He was number 53. Now I think he's at least 52. Maybe yeah. 50, maybe and 49. I think it speaks more to just the, the step forward that Khalil Davis has taken. Yeah. Really. I think that's going to push out McClendon more than anything else because we've spoken a lot about how the defensive line in particular is, is up there in age, whether it's McClendon or obviously in Dominican Sue, and eventually you're going to have to get younger. But it's like, do you right. want to find that out next season or do you want to get it started right now? And I think... Yeah. We're obviously going to find that soon after Saturday's preseason game. And after the way that they played after the second preseason game, it seems like the best move for the Bucks would be, let's get that influx of youth yeah. and talent now, then, then see what you got next season. Defensive line drafts have not been good the last couple of years. For whatever reason, it's just kind of a... That's a, a factor a too. Vacant position, a defensive tackle, trying to find good ones, right? That's that's been of course. Tough. So, a uh, couple things before we we get out of here. We do have a little bit of overtime today. Uh, we want you to subscribe to our Peter Report TV YouTube channel. I'm looking at at the dashboard right now, Matt. We are sitting at four thousand nine hundred and ninety three. We are seven subscribers oh away Let's from five thousand. We have two hundred and two people at least right now in in youtube looking at this so just by the end of the show a couple minutes I want seven of you at least to click subscribe it's free it's not like we're charging you anything it's free just hit the subscribe button on, on your youtube account and follow pewter report tv follow our channel hit subscribe subscribe to it get us to five thousand today let's do that let's do, do it. it now Please. The, other, the other thing is is i, I gotta mention this again we got a special new show coming up and it's peter game day right it's not just peter game day it's lux texans peter game day saturday eight o'clock eastern time what are you going to find when you log on to peterreport.com during the game well you're going to find the video player 
with live in-game commentary from John Ledyard and the Pewter Reporters. Expert analysis and injury updates. Watch it live on pewterreport.com. Matt Mead, you made a great point. It's like watching our draft day show. It's the draft day show, but you're only watching it for the game itself, so it's not exactly. 15 hours long. Yeah. You can watch a big play from the Bucks and then see what we have to say about it, see our initial reaction Absolutely. as the play goes down, and that's going to be the funnest part. Think yes. about when Brady throws a 50-yard bomb to Scotty Miller or Mike Evans makes an insane red zone catch. You right. could see our reaction. You could see us, I don't want to say go crazy, but you could see us feel some type of way about what's going on. Yes. We'll give you all the analysis, all of our insight. I guarantee you, if Leonard Fournette drops a pass, if he misses a hole, if he fumbles the ball, you will hear a, Leonard! That's the I'm other side Leonard. of it, too. A lot of Leonard's, a lot of yeah. a lot of Rojo yelling, a lot of just everything. Because yeah. so we're you're going to see us at night, 8 o'clock. Going crazy. Um, we're not showing the game on PeterReport.com. Only John's face, and he'll be reacting to the game. I'll pop in. You'll pop in. We've got some, some guests that'll pop in. Uh, but you watch the game at home. John will watch the game, and we'll all talk about it online. You can ask questions, do super chats, all that fun stuff. Yeah, and uh, it should be a hell of a good time on. And then Saturday night. the podcast one hour or so after the game. So don't yes. forget about that too. You're going to get all of our live reactions for the game, us going crazy, yes. us responding, and then you'll get the podcast on top of that. So a ton right. of coverage on PeterReport.com for this preseason game and the whole season going forward. Speaking of reaction, Matt, it's that time. Yes, it is. It is that time. Matt, do you like playing with balls? No, I'm not talking about footballs. I mean your balls. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, want you to shave your pubes. With the Tom Brady of ball trimmers, the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0, only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. They're yours. When you're going towards the end zone, make sure that you got the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men, including myself, including Matt, including John, um, JC, I would imagine as well. Trust Manscaped with their movement, okay, uh, to provide the best grooming tools. This right here, the, the Lawnmower 4.0 with the LED light, it's fantastic. The best part about it is use promo code. It's a new promo code. Pewter 20, Pewter 20 to save 20% off and free shipping. Okay. So it's a fantastic deal. Now, the world is starting to open up. The performance package 4.0 for Manscaped is here to get you ready. Inside, you're going to find the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear Hair and Nose Trimmer, the Crop Preserver, and Crop Reviver. Now, the Crop Reviver is the toner. And the crop preserver is the ball deodorant. Okay, you're gonna get all these gifts plus performance boxer briefs and this travel bag they call the shed, which is really a high quality bag. It's yes, a great it is travel bag. Super so, useful. It is. So the you're gonna get all of those things, and you're gonna you're gonna take your defense to the next level. This is a fourth generation trimmer, features cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their auto. I should say they're advanced skin-safe technology. So this is going to give you the most precise shave and the 4,000K LED spotlight uh, really helps out. It's waterproof, so you can do it in the shower, you can do it in the pool, the hot tub, whatever you want to do. It's, it's a fantastic product. I use it. I probably would not have purchased Manscaped. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't believe in the concept. So they gave it to us for free because, hey, we're promoting it. 
I use it. Um, so do I. It's 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 fantastic. I, I should have been using this a long time ago. I wish they had this back in college. That probably would help, <laughs> help that a little bit. So um, the promo code is Pewter20. You're going to save 20% off when you make a purchase and you're going to get free shipping. Um, but listen, it's it's not just about that. We have Pewter Report t-shirts to give away. We have new stock. We have, this is the Pewter color. Look how the, the logo pops on that shirt. That's what I was thinking. Pop. That yep. shirt pops. Pewter. We got white for hot days in Tampa. We got black. So I'm giving those away for free. All right, you can you can pick one color. I also have found these three left Super Bowl DVDs. So if you, a loved one, uh, a friend, if you don't have this thing yet, uh, go ahead and get it. And you can get it for free. All you have to do is make a purchase at Manscaped. Then send me, email me your proof of purchase. The great thing is it doesn't have any of your financial information. Don't want it, don't need it. It does have your address. I do need that. So I can ship you either the shirt or one of these. This is first come, first serve, three left. Listen, I'm 49 years old. The easiest way to the Christmas shop is not to wait until December and then blow all of your paychecks on gifts. Start shopping now, right? You buy a little bit each month, September, October, November. That way you're not cash crunch in December, whether it's Hanukkah, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Kwanzaa, whatever it is. The great thing is giving you this for free. This is a great gift for the Bucks fan in your life. You can hang on it till the holiday season if you want to give it to them now. Got three of them left. Make a purchase at Manscaped, 20% off. Use the promo code Pewter20, free shipping. Email me at srpewterreport.com, srpewterreport.com. You approve a purchase and let me know if you want the T-shirt, what size, what color, or if you want the Super Bowl DVD. I got three left. First come, first serve. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Manscaped. Always a fun, always a fun promo ad when manscaped is on the podcast that will do it for today's show for scott reynolds i'm matt matera thank you all for watching another episode of the pewter report podcast out out <laughs>